Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The following podcast is brought to you by Astro Panda Productions. For more information or to find other great shows, visit AstroPandaProductions.com or visit the Astro Panda Productions page on BlogTalkRadio.com. Welcome back to Geekish Cast. I am your host, Jeremy Vilmer, and joining us today is the writer and the director from the movie Chasing Molly. We've got Shelly Pack and Josh Sutherland. How are you guys doing? Great. Jeremy, thank you for so much for having us on the show. Yeah, we're doing good, man. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to interview us. We appreciate it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I appreciate you guys coming on. And for anybody listening, the the higher voice is Shelly and the lower voice is <laughs> Josh. So. It's the 21st century, so yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to throw that out there because if I was oh, actually if I was actually doing my job, I would have introduced you separately. But you know, it's Sunday. Well, I can also say, yeah. yeah, we're all inclusive. Uh, your voice is very captivating and seductive. I would like to oh. describe your voice as that I, before um, we get started. Okay. I, I, I'm blushing a little bit now. But <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Uh, just a little. a good start. Yeah, no, that's good. Hey, so now tell me, where where did the idea, or you know what, let's start with this. Why don't you guys tell me a little bit about the movie Chasing Molly? So uh, my character uh, is also named Molly, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm a paranormal con artist, and I end up facing karmic retribution when I steal 500 pills of ecstasy from uh, Kurt Angle, uh, who plays the terrible, ruthless mean uh drug kingpin and my partner uh jim cashman who is jamie from the progressive commercials ends up getting kidnapped and i have to save the day uh get him back try and get drugs back i've got to figure out a way to defeat kurt angle uh multiple street gangs the cops are after me so it's kind of like a pineapple express style uh movie but definitely very different nothing like you've seen before i would say right josh would that be a good description that was great yeah i mean I don't know what else to say other than it's a, it's a, it's a run the gauntlet story. It's a super independent movie. Um, but I will say we, we tried very hard to make it as funny as possible. Um, and so, yeah, I would encourage everyone, uh, to please go, uh, su- help us support independent cinema and check it out. Yeah. And, uh, just to kind of follow up on that real quick, I do have a link that'll take you right to it on Amazon. I believe you can rent it there for four bucks or something. Um, good. I recommend buying it, Jeremy. Oh, yes, okay. you can rent it, but I'm <laughs> I'm going to recommend buying it at this point. You know, comedies are one of those things. You don't just want to watch them once. You know, there's little things in there you might have missed. I'm going to say you're going to want to buy it and probably um, own it on DVD or Blu-ray at Walmart.com, Amazon.com, Target.com. Oh, there I'm you just go. Saying. No, no, that's that. Hey, that that was fair. Fair enough. I just. Uh... <laughs> 
I, I recently moved, so I try not to own fucking anything these days, you know. No, this I, is the one thing you yeah. need. This is the one thing you should own. Yeah, well, I'll say that. but anyways, you can go to tinyurl.com slash GC Chasing Molly. Take you right to it. You can buy it right there. Awesome. Perfect. Yeah, there you go. Um, so this, this is one of the things that struck me about your movie. No kidding. About a year ago, I decided I wanted to be a fake exorcist. No. Yes. No. <laughs> yes. You're making, you're lying. You're lying. <laughs> that is, no, I don't believe you. Yep, Are you absolutely. kidding me? I, I went ahead and I had business cards made that said demonologist and exorcist on them. I just wow. couldn't find a place to get a fake uh, credential in it. That was the only <laughs> thing that stopped me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, that was uh, one of the early jumping off points for our film for the whole movie. You know, we kind of, I was on another film in uh, Indonesia for a while and got this uh, teapot that we kind of, you know, I, I shot a little footage and had this little haunted story about it and, um, we, we basically knew we wanted to make a comedy, so we were just trying to kind of turn that genre like on its head, and we kind of used that as a jumping off point, and that led us to um, Paranormal Con Artists, so that is a funny coincidence. Yeah, that, that's what struck me right off the bat was that opening scene. I'm just like, shit, this is what I wanted to do. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, we're demon cleaners is, is what we called ourselves, but we're cleaning you of your valuables while we're cleaning you of your demons. That's, yeah, I was trying to explain to a friend of mine a little bit about your movie, and I go, look, so basically, you have a ghost in your house, they come in and steal your shit. That's yeah, that's it. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's it. That's the movie. Well, because, you know, I mean, every every con really is just kicking people while they're down, so, you know, you might as well follow on, right? Yes. Exactly. Yes, exactly. All right, but so. Then, oh, yes, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. I was going to say, um, did you guys, I mean, Shelly, you wrote the movie, but did you guys, like, collaborate? How, how did the script come about? Yeah, so Josh and I uh, did the story, so we'd come up with the kind of the plot of the story, and then I wrote the script, so I would write the dialogue and the characters and all that stuff. Um, but along the way, you know, it's definitely a co-creative process, you know, based on an independent film, it's what you can get, you know, so left and right were changing things because we were able to get a smoke shop, you know, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, Josh and I came up with the story together. We knew we had to structure it um, in a way that we could film it, which would be, you know, on our free time nights and weekends. And so my character would run into different characters along the way and we could get these really great comedians, people that I had worked with in the past um, to, to do the movie because it'd just be one day, really funny stuff. I would write the scenes for that comedian that I knew. So I knew it was going to be a home run and then they would come in and we would shoot them out in one day. And that's how we kind of structured the story. Um, and then we were able to actually write to the strengths of each, because I knew the comedians beforehand. I knew Felicia Day, you know, right. I knew that I knew the cops. So I knew the character plan. Are you allowed to cuss on your? Oh, show? absolutely. You, know? you do whatever you so, want. So, uh, the character Skullfucker is a dear friend of mine. <laughs> it's funny to say that. <laughs> it is. Uh, a dear friend of mine, Skullfucker. Um, I've known him forever, Jeff Lewis. So I, you know, we, we knew we needed to have like other drug dealer characters, so I th thought it'd be funny to have like a single dad who's a drug dealer who cusses in front of his kids and like really lays into like another guy while you know he's watching his three children, and so there became Skullfucker, uh, and so I would you know then write dialogue for him, and then we'd also let that character who who's you know a really great improviser then go off book, and you, there's definitely part of that scene where you can tell <laughs> Skullfucker is having his way with. 
the script and doing his own thing on a couple of those lines. He goes off for a while. Um, but we were able to allow that to happen. Um, Josh as a director is very much into getting the best performance and he knows that's also not to speak for him, but to let the actors make it their own mm-hmm. and also to have fun um, and, and let them do what they do best and to create an environment where we feel comfortable to do that. And so, you know, Chasing Bali was a film where you could get these great top level improvisers on the set doing their thing. You know, obviously the jokes needed to be told and they would nail those, but then we could also keep it really light and fresh. It wasn't a heavy handed, um, you know, filming. Uh, we made sure that the whole set and everything felt like it was fun, like people wanted to make this movie. We weren't paying people <laughs> enough. It wasn't like no one was doing it for the money. So everyone had – it was you know, a labor of love. Everyone really wanted to be a part of it. So we called in a lot of favors. You know, For me, everyone I knew on camera and Josh, everyone he knew behind the, behind the scenes You know, for special effects and all that stuff. We used everybody we knew, um, and they all came together to help us with this. So we could get really an A-list product, even though we really didn't have the finances that uh, studio movies have. Yeah, I mean, as, mm-hmm. as a, I'll just chime in as well. As well. Um, yeah, exactly what Shelley said. Basically, it was a very collaborative process from the beginning. Um, it had to be. It was a super independent movie. And obviously, um, you know, me and Shelley would sit and think of scenes. And as she said, we literally structured the movie Kind of, you know, I, I like to say the way, um, like a feature film is not supposed to be made, but that's not really the truth because, because we did it. So it's kind of like, <laughs> I, I like to say, you know, you kind of have to know the rules. So once you know the rules, you can know how to bend them. And, um, we sat down with the mission of making this movie. If we had to do it ourselves, we could do it ourselves, you know, with as little money as possible. And so there were some tricks with, you know, writing the script a certain way and making this story kind of go a certain way that allowed us to be able to shoot with such an, such an independent schedule, such an independent crew. Um, you know, we live in LA, so the story takes place in Los Angeles. Um, you know, we really couldn't shoot like a traditional movie 40 to 60 days back to back to back. They shoot it all out of order. You know, we can't, we don't have a script supervisor. We don't have wardrobe department. We don't have, you know, big elaborate departments to handle a bunch of the details. So to make it easy on ourselves, you know, that's kind of like a run the gauntlet story where it happens like a day and night in the day. So that way the characters show up to set whenever we can get the crew together. They're wearing the same thing every time. Um, there's a couple of costume changes throughout the movie, but 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 essentially that takes you know that out of being a problem for us in the editing room so there's these little tricks that allowed us to be able to do it in the way that we knew we had to and um you know we'd sit we'd work on scenes together Shelly would do the leg the leg work write the pages type the words and then we'd just workshop them back and forth and basically you know at the end of the day when we had 90 pages of this really funny material we just started picking it off and um you know I, I've been saying Molly's like a little snowball that you roll down a hill and it's quietly just turns into an avalanche because as Shelly said we we catered the script to where we could reach out to some high level talent and put us into a position to get them to say yes right they're like we made a rule that whoever else was in the movie besides Molly's character and Atticus's character that we wanted to be able to shoot that person out in one day they can be in multiple scenes sprinkled throughout the movie or moved around wherever but the one thing that these you know high level celebrity actor talent people have the least of is time and so being able to approach them and say we're only going to need you on set for one day there's no big company moves or x y and z blah 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 like it allowed us to be in a situation to win 
And um, we're really happy with the product at the end that, you know, especially me, I'm happy there's a cohesive story and the level of comedy that we're able to put on the screen. Yeah, so it was really liberating because, you know, because it was independent and it was just Josh and I, we could put in just what we thought was the most hilarious. And if it wasn't up to that level, we would just cut it. Like, we, no one told us, oh, you have to put fluff, you've got to fill this, you got to do this. And on the same token they wouldn't say oh you can't say this or that's too racy or be careful that's offensive you know we were just if it's hilarious we didn't care that it hadn't been seen on screen before or that people would be maybe offended a little bit or like shocked Mm -hmm. we said you know what we we didn't come here to make something that that people have seen before or that have done before um otherwise why why would it be our vision so uh we just put in everything that we thought was the most hilarious if it wasn't up to our standards it was cut and at the same time you know it was very freeing to be able to create content that was not appropriate for anything you know we've both done a lot of commercial work and stuff like that and you have to play it very very safe for certain audiences but to be able to be totally not safe when making Chasing Molly was really cool. And then I could approach certain comedian friends and say, listen, I'm not going to feed you the food you're used to getting on set. I'm not going to be able to get like a wardrobe fitting, but you are going to be able to go nuts with, with the scene and do it like have fun and go crazy. And so we really got the product. I mean, the actors themselves had, you know, had a good time making it. We weren't keeping people past times that they need to be there. You shot it and we, and we wrapped them. And when we, when we found Kurt, um, that was a cold call. You know, I did not know Kurt Angle. He's not a comedian buddy of mine. Uh, I had no connection to him and just reached out to his management team. And thankfully he read the script and fell for the movie. And so, um, that's how we got him. And we, we said, listen, we only need you for a couple days, three days. Got him in, flew him in, shot him, you know, did all his scenes in, in, you know, seven, eight hours and flew him back and he was able to play the the lead villain and he nailed it i mean he really killed it um and so we were able to do that and get someone like kurt angle on the set because we were strategic in the way we shot it and planned it as well so this this is going to lead me to another question another podcast that i host is with a former pro wrestler so i actually have a pro wrestling uh, podcast as well so i of course know who kurt angle is (laughs) did he was it by sheer force of willpower alone that he didn't kill or maim anybody on the set? <laughs> Dude, uh, Kurt is such a softie, actually. If you know him, yeah. like, if you know, especially, like, his character and persona in the WWE, like, he is, no, he doesn't like to cuss. He doesn't, nope. he doesn't like to play, you know, a super strong heel, like a villain type guy. He's generally a good guy. And so he really had to kind of step out of his comfort zone a little bit, um, on set with us to, uh, to get into the character of Mr. Black, but he, he, he crushed it out of the park. I mean, the man is truly an Olympic champion legend because you see he's completely committed to what he does. Oh, yeah. Literally, literally, he wanted to give us exactly who we wanted for the character Mr. Black, and um, honestly, I mean, we'll forever be in his debt for doing our film, um, and we're just I'm so happy that he was part of our project. Yeah, so you know that uh, Kurt Angle wrestled for years with a broken neck, and, yes. and he... Uh, he got the better of a, a, a almost shoot fight with Brock Lesnar as an older mm-hmm. man with a with a bad neck injury. So I just I have to imagine that he can accidentally harm you. That's just that's just how I have to view it. 
Oh, wow. oh man, when he when he would turn it on and we do a scene and like he's he's looking menacing, I'm just like this this is not yeah you don't want to yeah. mess with him. You no, I mean, hand. yeah, yeah, he's got. I mean, like I said, he's a gentle giant, but at the same time, you're like, oh man, like this guy, if he wanted to, could crush us just with one palm. I mean, he's just, but he's so nice. Like I I I can't say enough nice things about Kurt as a person. Um, and then to see him step outside of his persona, you know, in the WWE, which is definitely not this character. I right. mean, I think it's a treat for his audience to get to see him play a character that's nothing like we've seen him play before. But he's a good act. I mean, he really steps into the acting role and and steps outside of his comfort zone and nails this part. And when he finishes, I mean, there's a we, we were quiet for a while because we're like, uh, damn, this guy is intimidating. Um, but then it's also really hilarious to hear him, like, you know, say certain words that, you know, twat hole and stuff like that. We would never <laughs> hear him say. And the way he rattles it off, it's like he says it all the time. And it's just so funny because it's him saying it, and the way he delivers it is just so good. Um, but this guy, you know, he's a champion. He he shows up in his own custom suit, and then cut to he's on the ground, rolling around, doing, I mean, really being physical with his with his injuries he already has, and his own beautiful suit. He doesn't care because he wants to get the scene. He's a champion. He doesn't care about anything else. And you see why this guy's a gold medalist. You see why he's a Hall of Famer. Um, it just takes that kind of dedication and he, he doesn't do anything halfway. He does it, you know, he gives it everything, every shot, every take. And we only needed one take from Kurt and an independent film. You don't have seven, eight takes, right. <laughs> you get one or two and you better hope it's good because you don't have the time. So thankfully, um, he delivered, we didn't need any time to get him to warm up or rehearse. He just brought it first take right out the gate. We were so fortunate, um, to not only get his talent, but that he was able to perform at that level. Um, some movies you'll see actors who are super talented, but you don't know how many takes it took to get that moment, right? But with Kurt, he brought it the first take, and then he delivered it again when we needed it for safety. Um, so just, you know, just you know, word of mouth out there to fellow producers. Like, if you're looking for someone who's going to nail it right away and you don't have to spend hours on set with, I mean, Kurt is... Kurt's your guy. He really, I think it's also working live for so many years in the WWE to be able to, uh, he knows he doesn't have time to waste with anything. Very interesting. So I imagine Felicia Day was a problem on set then, if Kurt Angle uh, wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Well, yeah. I mean, she's obviously a friend of Shelly's and once again, <laughs> just so happy she could be a part of our film, but she came out and she crushed it and I won't give away anything, but there's a scene with her holding a jug of something and we were like, man, is she going to be down with this? And she 100% was totally down. And, and same thing, you know, these are high-level professionals that we're just, like, honored and lucky to have a part of our film come out and help us, you know, create something. And so that, you know, what else do you expect? They're, they're there to bring it. They're there to, to ha not only have fun, but to be a professional. And this is why they are successful and in so many other things, because um, – she brings it. You know, you, yeah. you want her to do something, she gets in front of the camera, and she's great. And she's also a writer and a producer, you know, and, a, and the star of her material. So she knows what goes into it. And she's, like like Kurt, a professional and a champion. Um, and we don't need more than one take from Felicia Day either. Um, and she brings her own quirkiness, and it's very different than her persona that you see. I mean, this is not Felicia at all. Felicia 
in real life. It does not curse. You know, she never <laughs> does. Um, so this is definitely outside of her comfort zone, but she's a great actress. And uh, we, we've always had great chemistry together, Felicia and I performing. So it was really great to be able to rekindle that again in the movie. And it was instant for us to be able to, to work together and, you know, have fun and create some comedy magic. And there's, she has to be physical with me. And she's like, how physical can I be? And I was like, you better push the shit out of me when you get there. <laughs> and uh, thankfully, Josh has some really great uh, VFX friends who, who made it look really, really like I'm getting hit on the ground, you know. Um, and we, I mean, this just was really not only fun to shoot, but just the product in the end. You just look back at the whole thing and just say, wow, it took it took a really long time to make this movie. But Josh and I are just so proud of the final product. And it's almost remarkable to think, how did we even get all of this talent on the set? And I think when you create from the heart and you're passionate and you just have that kind of fortitude and tenacity that that people will also be attracted to your project too. Um, right. So we were very fortunate, mixed with a lot of hard work and love for what we do. We love movies. We love creating. We love making people laugh. You know, um, in this world, we we need times where we can laugh and be with each other um, and heal. And uh, that's one of the reasons why we love making comedy. And it really was, you know, what we had to have. And so it's kind of the stars aligning and like also just forcing the stars to align. But as Shelly said earlier, we are a super independent movie with little budget. And if you saw the amount of pages of the script that we're trying to get through per day, other productions productions would just, you know, lose their brains and be like, this is not possible. And so we had to move at such a rapid pace that like you need people you know are gonna nail it on set. We can't do take after take after take after take. I mean, we need to get a couple to book, have a safety and move on because we have so much to cover. And so getting people like Kurt and Felicia and all these high level improvisers who just, you know, come in, they turn it on and they're ready to go right off the bat um, was, you know, essential for a film like Chasing Molly. I'm going to switch gears on you guys a little bit here and uh, we're going to talk about when you were when you were youngsters trying to get into show business. What were some of the things that you saw that influenced you to make you want to go in that direction and what was like your earliest break? Uh, Shelly, why don't you start? Uh, yeah, for me, you know, improv has always been my thing and I was very fortunate to get to perform with people like Ryan Stiles and uh, people like Who's Lies It Anyway, that cast, Second City alumni. Um, you know, I really spent a lot of time just kind of really getting great at, at, at my craft, which was improv. And I was very fortunate to be trained by really great improvisers who gave me a chance. Um, as far as like working in the industry, I got my breaks doing uh, commercials. I was like the spokesperson for Boston Market and Lean Cuisine. And so I did a lot of commercial work, but I really fell in love with creating content. I did a web series called Keep It Green. Um, and I sell, ended up selling it to Discovery Channel, and I did uh, 14 episodes for their show called uh, G Word. So I was their on-camera talent, and I did, uh, like I said, 14 episodes, and it was comedy meets the environment. So it was like how to save the environment, but in a funny way, you know, comical take on what we can do, and it made the audience kind of laugh and learn. And I really loved producing and being a part of the whole creation. And so, um, you know, aside from just, you know, auditioning and working on getting commercial gigs and stuff like that, I really wanted to have my comedic voice and write my own stuff. And when I found Josh, it was like someone else who was like, let's do this. Let's, 
you know, a lot of people talk in this industry, oh, I'm this and I'm going to make this and da 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 And Josh was one of the few people I met who was like, well, let's let's make something. And we came together on a short film called Dashiell, A Journey Through Autism. Um, in my spare time, I work with kids with special needs, uh, namely autism and other abilities. And so we got together on that and we found we had a real connection. And so we decided that was really in our hearts to make a feature. And that's when we got together and, and started doing this. But for me, um, I've always been, you know, as a small child, as a toddler, I was organizing <laughs> crowds and putting together my bits and like wanting to perform. You know, I never played with dolls. I was always creating, you know, theater and putting on shows for my neighbors and stuff like that. But I really got my break, I would say, you know, uh, early on doing commercial work and then later doing television. Josh, how about yeah. you? Yeah, for me, I mean, same, similar. I feel like I've been making movies just my whole life. And when, when, what I mean when I say that is luckily I had parents that kind of like fostered that creativity and like put the family camcorder in my hand to let me, let me do that. I remember being, you know, fifth grade, we had something called mini society and they kind of teach you about economics by giving you fake monopoly money. Some kids make bookmarks, some kids make stickers and you all, you know, you all buy and sell and create this little economic skill thing. And I, I mean, I made a movie and I charged, you know, this fake, fake dollars to all my classmates to kind of see a screening of it. And, um, and I, I remember being whatever, maybe 11, I don't know, but I remember my uncle taking me to see um the matrix one the first matrix and uh i remember he told me not to tell my parents because it was r-rated i wasn't supposed to see r-rated movies yet um but he was like i want you to see this movie because they spent two years learning kung fu before they even shot it just to get it right and i remember seeing that and it blowing my mind and i was like oh people can people get paid to do this this is crazy um and so ever since then i've just been you know creating whether it's short films youtube videos everything and um kind of got my first break in the industry when i i graduated film school from university of texas in austin made my way west out to los angeles uh had an internship with a company called captivate entertainment and they represent the writers uh of all the born movies born supremacy born ultimatum and um, did a lot of pre-production stuff for them and then basically started working for a visual effects company and through through that company garnered some really really big credits on on large large movies like the avengers looper x-men parts of the caribbean um crazy movies and and uh when you're like one of the lead vfx houses on some of these like hundred million dollar movies you know there's a team of you actually on set as well taking measurements photos of everything so that you have all this reference for when the artists are trying to, you know, replicate that all digitally. And so through that, got to, you know, be in person on a lot of sets and see how these $100 million movies operate, you know. And also, as I said, commercially, working a lot of commercials. But, you know, through my 10-year career here now in L.A., I feel like I've honestly done every crew position under the sun. I'm, you know, I was a PA getting coffee for years and years, grabbing all the gear, you know, VFX, tons of VFX work, editorial work, tons of post work, um, you know, camera, grip, gaff, DP, producing, everything, working my way up, just grinding, grinding, grinding. Um, but I've, in my mind, you know, you've always been directing, but no one's going to, like, hand you a bunch of money and say, like, here, you're a director, go direct your stuff. So um, I'm just really happy now to have a feature film out that has my name at the end that says uh, I'm the director of it. So um, that was kind of the career path for me. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, same also, like, with getting roles, you know, as an actress, especially as a female comedian, no one's going to hand you the perfect part. I mean, I can't even tell you how many, like, prostitute roles <laughs> that friends of mine, I'm like, another prostitute role? <laughs> really? How many IMDb credits do I need? 
as a prostitute. Um, but that's that's fine. That's that's their take on that's you know they're being funny for themselves. So as a female, you need to find your own voice. Nobody's going to hand you the perfect part and especially as a comedian no one's going to write the perfect comedic role for you so josh and i out of the love for like wanting to have something that was truly ours and our voice you could look back and say oh this is them this is who they are as creators so to have chasing molly truly be that and you know all the perils of independent filmmaking you know it compares nothing. I mean, you just become really resourceful, um, you know, to the rewards of being able to look back and say that you did that, that you made that. It was basically the two of us kind of running the ship. Of course, we needed so much, you know, help from, you know, our editor and everything else, but we never let anything drop, you know, from pre-production to filming to then selling the movie. We didn't let anything drop because it was just the two of us. So we were very accountable the entire way. Sometimes, Films don't make it past a certain point, so we know how fortunate we are to have it not only be completed, but then thank you, Gravitas Ventures, for yeah. for saying we want to we want to distribute it. We were, I mean, that was an amazing day when we finally finalized our deal with them, and to have people interested in wanting to represent your movie, I can't even tell you what that feels like you feel like as an artist all you want to do is have people see you and look at you look at me look at me look at me and finally people are like we want to look at you you're like what you want to look at me okay great you know and so we were just we knew we had something really special with with the response that we got um from other distributors and, and agents so uh, it's just been great also then to get the feedback from from people watching the movie and quoting it and and really being passionate about how they feel about the movie. It's it's just really, really special. So as, as you can imagine, being a podcast host, I get, I get the opportunity to talk to a lot of independent filmmakers. It's one of my favorite things to discuss now because 25 years ago, you guys probably would have had trouble coming up with money for camera rentals and film and film processing. And all that is gone because of technology now, or a lot of that is gone because of technology now. How do you, I mean, do you feel like you're doing independent film at the right time to be doing independent film? What's your, what are your thoughts on that? I tell people like, this is the golden age right now. If you're a filmmaker, I feel so lucky. I always think about, you know, the other like auteur people who write and direct their own stuff. The way they had, had to do it, 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 the barriers were entry for entry were so much greater. I mean, literally everyone is walking around with a 4K camera in their pocket right now. Mm. So it's like, no one is stopping you but yourself. Like, if you want to go shoot, you can go do it for sure right now. It's kind of crazy to have that. Uh, just that accessibility, obviously, it's just it's good for everyone. It makes the competition greater, right? Like, everyone can go do that now. But um, I always like to say the saying, too, like, a high tide raises all ships. So it's kind of like I just encourage everyone, like, just go just go make something and keep trying and trying and trying. And, like, even if there's no response, do it for yourself and keep throwing stuff at the wall. And like eventually something will stick, get a little traction, and then you can just build off that. I feel like it's the perfect time to, I mean, even like a movie like ours, having PR, like you have a soapbox in your pocket just to blast out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and say, hey, look at this movie. Look at this link. Watch this. I just did this. It's like you are your own PR agent, your little PR firm now in your pocket as well. Like it's it's crazy um, with the Internet and the time right now. And I just I'm really excited actually for the future just to see where everything goes. Yeah, I, I agree with Josh. I mean, of course, it's not the same as like when you had the independent studios, you know, making a lot of independent films that we see in theaters. However, um, like Josh said, we're we're able to have access to more technology. And for me now having to promote like just the fact that we don't have to like shoot a commercial, buy ad space 
um, stuff like that, that we can just literally, you know, tweet or Instagram and use social media to reach people to watch the movie, I think is huge. You can really let, you know, the audience gauge what they want to watch, where as opposed to in the past, I think you were fed like, a, you know, a handful of movies and was like, this is what you like. You guys like this. This is what you want to watch. And now it's like, well, there's there you have some choices. So you get to decide um, what you want to watch. And with Chasing Molly, we got to make a movie that is very different. So it's not, you know, for everybody's taste. It's it's a little bit raunchy. Um, but at the same time, like people want to see something different. You know, I personally cannot stand to watch cookie cutter movies where I know what's going to happen in the first five minutes. Or, you know, overly, like, I don't like, phys- for me, I'm not a big physical comedy person with, like, a pie in the face or falling down. So I need to hear something witty and dialogue that's witty and banter that's funny. So, you know, we made something that we would want to see. And we're looking to connect with people who, who also want that. That's why, you know, we connected with you, Jeremy, and reaching out to some other really cool people who are like-minded in the f- sense that they want something different. They don't want to just be spoon-fed a few a handful of things that they're like this is good you like this everybody eat this up you know we want to decide for ourselves what we like like every movie you see from a major studio you can look at and go oh it's just like this plus that you know it's just like harry met sally plus godzilla whatever because they got that three-act structure they have the same five types of characters and you can tell it's a bunch of rich old white men in a room telling (laughs) right yeah telling you what you're gonna see (laughs) I mean, I might watch Harry Met Godzilla. I might. (laughs) Now, that doesn't sound bad. But we completely agree, especially, you know, for female-driven comedies. I mean, it's only for, you know, maybe Kristen Wiig and a few other, you know, Tina Fey. But otherwise, it's old white men writing what you think women would say in certain scenarios. So growing up, it was very frustrating watching comedies where I was like, well, I don't talk like that. And not everyone's that sappy or into that. Um, so it was just really great to get to be like, no, women, we talk like this. This women have this sense of humor as well. Um, so it's, it's definitely like we wanted to turn, you know, what, what we normally see a studio movie and kind of turn it on its head and make something really different and a little bit shockingly different. We don't want you to know what's coming next or really what to expect. Um, yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, I mean, that's paramount for our movie because we don't have the dollars to have a big star to put their, you know, to have all these like studio things that they throw to drive the drive traffic and drive the movie. Right. Like our, one of our main points was literally writing that line between acceptable and inappropriate just because like, that's essentially what our movie hinges on. Right. Like it's, we don't have the bells and whistles. So above all else, like it's gotta be funny. Your movie was definitely funny. I will give you that 100%. Um, (laughs) That's all we ask for. That's all we can ask for, Jeremy. I mean, I don't know what else you want from us. Well, <laughs> nudity would have been fine. I but, know, you know, yeah. I'm sorry. I mean, sorry, you, everybody. You, you had me convinced there for a second, and then I was like, oh, now I got uh, tricked again. No. Sorry, Josh's mom. There was no, no nudity in the movie. Yeah, no, can't do that. Uh, no. What I did like about it was you managed to have a feel of it being a series of skits that still had an over overarching story. 
but you did have segments that felt very separate as well, you know, whereas you had the bits that they're working. Yeah, I mean, that was a creative thing that we kind of had to finesse because of the shooting schedule, right? Like, it, uh, I agree that there's was, you know, we had to pick it off. The days were spread out a lot. So it's very, I hate using this word, but like sceny. Like, so there's little independent scenes and how to string those together. And that's just the nature of the beast with the kind of the way we had to, you know, shoot this movie. Uh, but I, I do agree that we, we strung it together enough to make it feel like it is cohesive as well. My main goal um, with the post and with all of it together is, you know, making sure that there is still an overall arch to this to this thing, and it's not just a bunch of you know different little scenes. We have some very high level improvisers and comedians, and we're like we're trying to shoot people out in one day and get them done, and that's that's just the way we got to do it. I do feel like it was a success. Um, overall and, and getting them all to link up. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like when you watch like, the Harold and Kumar, you know, White Castle, it's like they go on a journey and they meet the different characters. And so we structured the story like that just for filming purposes. But then when we get into the scenes, you know, the story still had to move along. But we wanted each scene to be memorable. So where you're like, oh, then we go to that scene that you really love. There's no fluff. So we don't have like, there's not a ton of just, you know, scenes of just filler. So it does kind of sometimes feel like you're just going from one bit to the next bit. It's like, we're not, when are we going to breathe? And we don't care if you breathe, really. At the end, you're going to breathe and that's fine. We just want to, my friend said it was like the movie held you down by the throat and it didn't let you go till the end. And I thought that was a really big compliment. And that's what we feel. It's like, we just wanted to drive the comedy. That was the number one for us was that the comedy was first. And then at the end of the day, it's like, it's a charming story. I don't know if char- charming is really the word for it. That makes me feel like it's a feel-good movie. I wouldn't say it's a feel-good movie. <laughs> I mean, you feel good when you laugh, but it's not one you want to watch with, with the kids. But no. it's definitely, it's something where it's like you can really break free and you don't expect to laugh. And I think the best laughs come from when you don't expect them. Um, and it's not like a real clear setup. So I love that about our movie, too. <laughs> I love that about our movie as well. There's so many things I love about it, you guys. Well, <laughs> I just love it so much. I, I think it's important to love your work. Also, I think so too. Here, here is something you guys nailed that a lot of people don't: is you had a passion project and you got it done. Yes. And that's usually where everything dies in the crib, you know. So that's that's a big congratulations to you guys. I mean, you actually conceived it, got it done, got it out, and got it into people's hands. So that's that's a hell of a hell of a way to go about it. Thank you, and yeah, it was a long journey, and I I've said this before, but I feel like it's giving birth would feel like for a female (laughs) is how it felt like for me because it was such a long arduous process that literally after you know years multiple years of work to see (laughs) the final thing up there is such a feeling to uh have it done and completed let alone have someone uh buy it and want to push it out and uh it's been really a dream come true I mean, you know, when you leave this, you know, world where for wherever our next destiny is, you know, you want to be proud of what you've done. And, you know, we do a lot of things because we have to make money to survive and all that. But for us, like, this is something that we can be proud of. I mean, Josh was on an airplane, I think, when you when we got word about, you know, finally closing the deal and you were like, I, I don't care what happens now, people <laughs> like yeah. my movie just been bought, you know, and everyone's like, sit down, sir. That's really weird. We thought it was a uh, kind of a cool moment. And, you know, you just so many years just grinding away. But when you're proud of something 
and then other people appreciate it. It's it's like, yeah, it is like having a, a, a kid. I don't personally have physical children, but this is my baby. And you want other people to love your baby. And so when other people are like, your baby is so great, we're like, oh, my God, thank you. It is so great, isn't it? Which sounds braggy. But, you know, if you don't love your stuff, like, again, it, we wouldn't have been able to make it if we didn't love it or, and love what we do. And we wouldn't have been able to, you know, plug away at the industry for so many years if we didn't love filmmaking and and making stuff that we can be proud of i mean i i truly believe film you know getting a film sold and distributed is probably one of the hardest things and on on the face of the earth it just so happens that that is also one of the most fun things for me in the entire world as well so just constantly fighting that battle trying to climb that ladder and we we couldn't have done it obviously if we weren't having fun while we did it so is there anything that you guys learned from making chasing molly that is going to make your next film easier to do or oh, yeah. sure, you, know, yeah. you even plan yeah, on making a next Shelley film. Had a, you know, we made this movie kind of out of necessity. We actually had another feature that um, Shelly had previously uh, written that is, my opinion, even even more funny. And we tried to package that and had some talent attached and had investors fall through a bunch. And that's why we made Chessy Molly. Um, so we were repackaging that one. Uh, it's another female lead, uh, basically a story about um, a lady who's trying to find love in all the wrong places while also trying to succeed in Hollywood. Um, it's very, very funny. And so we're back on that one, recircling. And um, yeah, we're going to keep grinding and trying to make another movie. And um, it's funny, I was going to say the short answer to your question is is more money. <laughs> because um, making an independent movie is super hard when there's no budget, man. It is near impossible. And so literally, we were trying to get funds for that movie. And it's really ironic and funny to me that now as we're going back to it, we're literally trying to get about five times the amount of money we were trying to get in the first place so um those investors who missed out the first go around could have got it for a lot less but that's um, right it's a, little, it's a little more expensive this time so <laughs> money money well we yeah. obviously want more money but you know what we did learn also is that we're going to stay true to what we you know still putting in the most hilarious stuff and we're not going to lose sight of that i mean you know, selling out, quote unquote, it's like, yes, the movie's going to have more money because we want to have makeup and more, you know, lights and bells and whistles. But at the end of the day, uh, we're going to stay true to, you know, what we feel is the most funny. And interestingly enough, this script, you know, has a lot to do with Hollywood. And when we first, you know, were packaging the movie, you know, the Me Too movement and all of the stuff that went down in Hollywood happened, you know, later. So I ended up going back to the script and rewriting it uh, now with a different perspective and so many things that happened socially uh, to put in the script and to make it more poignant. It's just one of those things the universe was like, this script, it wasn't the time to make that movie then. And now it's the time to make that movie. And now I'm just so happy that... It took that time because now I'm so the the script is so much better and the movie's going to be more dynamic because you know time happened and history happened things we couldn't foresee and so some you know there's a lot in this industry you don't know what's happening half the time so there's a lot of I think faith too that that things happen at the right time um, when they're supposed to and it's really hard to hang on to that um, in this business but it's something you kind of have to do to keep your sanity and I I saw it come full circle here with this because we're ready to make this next movie that's better now because we had to wait so it just worked out like that and, and i'm really happy and we're ready to do it again right josh 100 percent ready to yeah do it again. <laughs> but I, I like i said even if there was no movie like or no money like we're gonna keep creating content just no matter what forever because it's it's fun and it's what we do 
So that, that's just the bottom line. All right. Uh, you know, I, I've really enjoyed this, but Josh, you just said something that is one of those things that annoys me to the, to the end of my sanity these days. What's that? <laughs> well, people used to be writers and filmmakers, and now everybody's a fucking content producer. <laughs> I, I hate that term. I hate that term. It just seems to take the art out of all artistic endeavors. God damn it, Josh. I, 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 what were you I thinking? See, no, 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 I completely see that point. It's just with the way we've gotten now, and especially in this town, right? Like, they want to pigeonhole you and be like, oh, you're just the sound guy, or oh, you're just, you know, a writer. We don't want you to be X, Y, and, you know, different yeah. positions. But everyone's become like a hybrid now where there's so many things. And honestly, I've been directing so much stuff that is specifically like huge shoots with a lot of money, basically all for Instagram or all for Twitter, Facebook, all these social platforms. And so it's literally like you're just, you know, shooting for everywhere now. Like it's not going to one specific lane. It's just going it's just going everywhere across the world. And so uh, I don't I, I just use the blanket term filmmaker. But um, but content producer would be is fine, too. I hate content producer. I'm with you, Jeremy. Yeah. I, I wanted to uh, punch Josh in the face when he said that. Um, really, <laughs> really offended by it as well. Good, um, good. We're artists, Josh. I don't know what this content creation came from. We're artists. You know what I mean, Jeremy? I, I know exactly uh, what you mean. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad we turned on Josh. I was just yeah, waiting yeah. for this to happen. Well, and, um, really look, I'm just I'm just glad that one of you is a reasonable person. I mean, that's I really, really all I'm shooting for there. This is the feedback <laughs> we get all the time. They're like, Shelly, you are an absolute p- pleasure. Josh. Josh, you were just a loose cannon from the start, you know? I think Pretty we just much. found that. <laughs> so we, we play with each other, but you can see we have a fun time uh, creating stuff together. We give each other a hard time, but it's it's all done with love. So Absolutely. Uh, well, guys, we are we are coming up on time here. Is there anything I forgot to ask about that you might want to you might want to chime in with? I just like to say where you can find Chasing Molly. Um, you can order it on demand on your TV. We're on Amazon Prime iTunes, Fandango, Redbox on Demand, um, also hard copies at Walmart.com, Target.com, Amazon.com, BestBuy.com. So I just wanted to say a plug. Mine was Absolutely. more just about a plug. Yeah. What did you want to say, Josh? Don't say content creator, whatever mm-hmm. you do. No, I'm not going to say that. Um, <laughs> yeah, don't make, don't make me mute, <laughs> yeah, don't make me mute your microphone now, okay? Oh, God, you um, I just want to say thank you, Jeremy, for taking the time again to interview us, kind of help us spread the word about our movie. And um, as you said, you interview a lot of filmmakers. And so getting to speak with you has been awesome. And thank you for continuing to help help spread the word about everyone's movie, not just ours, Chasing Molly. If you guys ever want to check out anything that I'm on set for, behind the scenes stuff, I post all that mainly on my Instagram. It's at Sutherland Film, S-U-T-H-E-R-L-A-N-D-F-I-L-M. Um, and yeah, just look out for uh, the next one and check out Chasing Molly while you're waiting for that. All right. And guys, if uh, people want to connect with you on social media, are, are you encouraging of such activities? Yes, we are very encouraging of such activities. Um, I'll plug Chasing underscore Molly on Twitter, Chasing Molly Movie on Instagram. If you want to follow me, I'm just starting to, to get followers. I didn't really want to be involved in this, but you know what? It's time, Jeremy. When am I going to do it if not now? So exactly. go ahead and find me. Shelly Pack, S H E L L E Y P A C K. Um, and I, and yeah, just, it's fine. You can follow me. I'm okay with it now. I've come to terms with it. Yeah. You know, most people are out there like, you know, inventing followers, like, you know, numbers. <laughs> they got robots that follow them. Bots and everything. Someone accused me of being a bot the other day. I'm like, is this an insult? 
Or is this a compliment? I took it as a compliment because I, I try to build myself up as much as possible. Yeah. But I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell Jeremy what it was. Uh, that's, you know, that's fair. I mean, you know, some people are really into robots. So, yeah, that, could, be, yeah, that could totally there be a compliment. Yeah. That could be a I'm compliment. Down. Robots following me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure. I, I've watched Terminator way too many times to be comfortable with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, I'm not ready for the machines to take over yeah, yet. I am not okay with that. I'm not okay with time travel. But what I do, what I do think is funny is that somebody can go around a stripper pole so fast that they can suck their own dick. Hey, well, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's our, one of our best scenes in Chasing Molly. So if you want to see how that could possibly happen, watch Chasing Molly, and you'll know the word "taste the tip." <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag taste the tip. <laughs> that is good stuff. Well, guys, hey, thank you for taking the time to uh, you know sit down and bend my ear for a minute. It has been a pleasure to have you both on. Thank you so much, Jeremy. We really enjoyed this. Yeah. Yes, thank you. All right, and everybody else, get out there. Check out Chasing Molly. What, what, what's wrong with you? These guys, come on. <laughs> they make this fucking movie for you to check out, and you're sitting on your ass not helping out at all. Get on Amazon. Get on Fandango. Go watch the movie, or I'm not talking to you again. For myself... <laughs> For Shelly and Josh, I'm Jeremy Vilmer. You're not. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.